0: And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work podcast, as tonight we discuss some new activity that includes um, some NIL action uh, that includes some of our women's basketball team. So tonight, um, Jeff and I, um, welcome coach Marlo as joined by a very special guest and we have a special edition this week for you of the doing work podcast so um, as part of the back home network though we are sponsored by home field apparel and did you know that among all the t shirts on the back home, um, <clears throat> the back home. Uh, the home field apparel website they have available there's one specific to Allie Patberg um, showing off all of her passion and in light of her just getting um, drafted by um, Indiana and all of the things that she's done for us we'd absolutely love for you to go out to homefieldapparel.com search for Allie and support her and buy one of her t-shirts so you can also find a lot of other college teams out there or have other people in your life that do home field apparel is the place for you. Their product line extends to more than 120 schools, so we're sure that you'll find something you or your loved ones will like. And if it is your first time using, going to Homefield Apparel, you can go and use our our promo code HOME H O M E for 15% off your entire first order. Again, that's promo code is HOME H O M E, and the website is homefieldapparel.com. So. As mentioned, though, Jeff and I are joined today by our special guest. This is We are joined today by Tyler Harris. Tyler is the Managing Director for the Hoosiers for Good um, NIL, and they partner with charitable organizations and student athletes. He was just named the Managing Director in March of 2022. And that was after he spent four years as the Indiana um, Associate Athletic, athletic Director. Um, at Indiana, he also held roles of the Associate Director of Compliance, And the assistant athletic director and prior to IOU Tyler was out in my neck of the woods and worked in compliance at the Iowa State, and he also did an internship for NCAA. So he has lots of great experiences and a lot of uh, great things he's bringing to Hoosiers for good and um, most of you probably have seen by now they just announced they partnered with 14 Indiana student athletes from various sports and they paired them with various charities. So we're here to talk to Tyler today. So Tyler, welcome. Um, it's good to talk to you and thanks for joining our show.
1: Yeah, thank you guys for having me, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Tyler, um, we thought maybe if you wanna just kick us off here and start with an overview of Hoosiers for Good, kind of your mission and, and the history, even um, the brief that you have on so far.
1: Yeah, you know, it's um, it's been a busy month and a half since i since I started. Um, there's been a, been a lot of activity. Most recently, even after our announcement, um, we, we received 501c3 status. Um, and, and so we're, we're tax deductible. Um, donations are, are tax deductible. And so we're, we're a nonprofit um, and, and we're focused on supporting Indiana charities and helping uh, community-minded student-athletes becoming leaders of tomorrow. And, and, and the way we're doing that is is we're entering into NIL agreements with, with student-athletes who who do have a passion and a platform um, to, to add value to, to our charitable partners. And so that's a brief rundown of, of what, we, what we do. Like, like you mentioned, we just announced uh, a class of 14 um, on April 7th, and, and hopefully we'll have some more here in the fall.
0: Awesome. Great. Great. All right, so, well, Jeff, do you want to kick us off with the first question?
2: Yeah, and Tyler, welcome to the show. We're, we're happy to have you. And so, first of all, what makes, what exactly is a collective? What makes you different from other collectives other than concentrating on charities? For example, for and I don't know how much you know about, but for example, the Hoosier Hysterics have a collective. So what makes Hoosiers for good? First of all, what is a collective for our listeners and what makes you different from some of the others?
1: Yeah, you know, a collective was was a term that that's just since originated since NIL, um, and, and really the idea behind a collective is where people donate money um, to an organization, and then in turn that organization um, partners with student athletes at you know, X school um, and enters into NIL agreements with them. Um, so there's a variety of collectives, trusts, um, you know, whatever you want to call them out there, and I would say as of March 8th, the day of our announcement, you know, we were different um, than than a lot of people, you know, we had a charitable focus um, and and a true charitable focus. And, um, and and since then, I think I've seen five or six um, with a charitable focus um, come about. There's, there's one, it's been recently announced uh, with a third party uh, associated with Ohio state, same with Clemson, same with Notre Dame. Um, I think there's one associated with Kentucky. And so all of those have, have, at least publicly been announced following our announcement. And so, um, you know, if you had asked me that question on March 8th, I would have said, you know, we're, we're one of the first to have a charitable focus. Um, and, and, and really, it's my belief that that the IRS, you know, approving us as a 501c3 organization really, really validates kind of our mission and what we're doing um, because we, we really want to add value to, to our charitable partners. And, and quite frankly, we, we wouldn't do this if we can't. And and so, you know, one thing I I like using tangible examples and and again we're a month and a half into this, and and so I've got one right now. And so since we're talking about women's basketball, I thought it I thought it'd be great to talk about McKenzie and Grace's tweet um, or social media posts following the announcement mentioning Indiana Wish that they're they're partnering with them. And 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 since then, you know, last Wednesday, Indiana Wish reached out to me and said that uh, Instagram and Facebook social media reach has went up one hundred and fifty percent, and Twitter reach has went up five hundred percent just following wow. Grace and McKenzie's tweet. And so that's a social media post, and, and that yeah. shows exposure some of these student athletes can bring to our charitable partners.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, that's fantastic. So. Um, so Jeff, that kind of was a good segue to our our next question we had for you, Tyler. So one of the differences we know is the charitable portion, but I think the other thing is that you do have other sports. So I know, for example, the Hoosier hysterics have very much said they're mainly concentrating on men's basketball. They dabble in maybe women's basketball a little bit, but very much so not other sports. So how did you decide um, to branch into other sports and how do you kind of decide then which players you're going to, to partner with from those other sports, not considered one of the big two, meaning men's basketball or football?
1: Yeah, you know, Pete Youngman, who's the president of, of Cook and he's the president of our of our board, um, you know, he 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 has similar values as I do, and, and so does Fred. And when they presented this opportunity to me, mentioning that they wanted this to be truly broad based, you know, you think about Fred's time as AD. And, and and 24 sports, one team comes to mind, right? And, and, and this endeavor is, is really no different. We want to be broad-based. We want to include as many student-athletes as we can. And, and just to demonstrate that, you know, one, our first announcement, I think, you know, shows that, but, but we're also going to be releasing a first-of-its-kind charitable incubator program. And that is, is a program that is really designed for student-athletes at IU that, that haven't found their voice yet. But but are really passionate about a, a specific charitable cause. And, and, and with that program, we could enter into an NIL an agreement and help help them help them find their voice um, and, and also you know, add add awareness to their charitable, to the charitable organization that they're passionate about. And so I guess you yes, asked a, a follow-up on the back end of that. You know, in terms of the student athletes and, and which ones we select, you know, I I think it's, you know, some of it's obvious, right? Some of it is. Is their name recognition? You know, do they have uh, social media influence? Um, can, can, can their partnership with us bring national exposure to what we're doing and to our charitable partners? You know, some of them are, are obvious metrics, but there, there's other things that I look at too. And, and really it's student athlete driven. You know, when I talk to the student athletes, I, I really ask what their interests are. Um, and, and thankfully I had a sneak peek into that when I was, you know, the head of compliance at IU, you know, I knew them personally and in their interests off the court, for example. And so both of those factors combined, you know, helped us decide, you know, our first class and and probably will drive our decision-making moving forward as
2: well. So Tyler kind of follow up on that. And I did catch you on Alex Bozic with podcast on the brink, um, You mentioned coming out when I believe you're hoping to have another group announced later in the fall. So some sports that aren't represented right now is the hope to try and get some of those sports included with the next group of kids.
1: Yeah, that's certainly the hope. Um, You know, it's certainly the hope to include more sports, um, but also could be student athletes from the same sports as well. Um, and, And so really we want to try to give as many opportunities As we can a lot of it's going to be driven on our you know how many partnerships we have at that point with our charitable organizations um but but i envision around 30 student athletes at a year uh, or year and and outside of the charitable incubator program and 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 hopefully at at some point within the next year year and a half we'll 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 encompass a student athlete from every sport
0: that's great that's great so um so we talked you talked a lot about the player selection Maybe on the flip side of that, how do you select charities that you're going to partner with? And then as a kind of a follow-up, how do you then pair the student athlete with those specific charities?
1: Yeah, um, you know, it, as of right now, you know, a lot of the charitable organizations are reaching out to us. Um, and, and that's been great because you, you see the excitement and the exposure that that they know this can bring to their organization. Um, you know, when I started March 7th, we had five charitable organizations on board already um ever since i came on we've had three more and i've had conversations with probably three or four this week and so that list is going to continue to grow but but a lot of it is driven by them seeing what we're doing and and wanting wanting to be a part of it um in in terms of the student athletes i think it goes back to again a lot of their interests you know a a lot of conversations that i had with student athletes they, they mentioned that they would do this endeavor for free um and and while that was a nice sentiment you know they're finally getting rights to their name, image, and likeness. And, and so we don't want to take advantage of that. We want to provide them opportunities. And, um, but, but outside of that, they, they do have certain interests. Um, you know, a lot of them have said they want to be involved in an organization that helps kids. And so it, it's certainly a puzzle, but, but at least um, in, in terms of selection, I, I try to match them up with their interests as much as possible, but, but also, um you know you you guys probably know student athlete schedules are very busy with academics and athletics you know it's it's busy and and so as much as possible it just made it easier for me to be able to partner student athletes from the same sport together um so i did that um as well um and i think it's worked out you know so far
2: and and kind of follow up with that tyler this question came from phil in our community Are the players selected for the NIL and Hoosiers for Good as a result of the good works they may already be doing that they weren't getting paid for prior? Or do you recruit players to to raise the profile of the charity? You
1: know, I think it's both. You know, certainly there was no shortage of student athletes, even pre-NIL, getting involved in charitable work, whether it be as part of their team um, or them individually. And, And so, you know, it's in part of that, right? You know, it shows there's an interest. Um, but but there's also student athletes that just maybe never had the opportunity, and so you know we'll certainly look at a variety of factors. Um, but but at the end of the day, it's it's what student athletes can 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 raise awareness for our charitable partners, can really add value, but but also genuinely care of, of using their NIL to to do good. And, and and an added benefit to you know them using their NIL in this way is their brand is forever going to be associated with charitable organizations and, and that's just another added benefit to, to, to what we're doing.
2: and and kathy can i ask a quick follow-up here tyler just when exactly i mean because obviously if we had a high profile recruit in football men's basketball women's basketball when would you be able to approach them as far as say hey here's some opportunities
0: right that's a really good question
1: yeah you know we're, we're really specific, um, one, because of my background, and, and two, wanting to, to be just completely transparent. We're, we're only focused on student-athletes that are currently enrolled at IU. And so, you know, once they're enrolled at IU, at, at that point, we, we, we could approach them and, and engage on, you know, potential NIL endeavors through, through Hoosiers for Good. Um, but, but we won't do it a second before just to keep yeah. the environment, you know, as clean as possible.
0: Perfect. That's awesome. So, um, maybe if you don't mind, Jeff, I'll go ahead and. Go ahead. This is, I think, a good question from David in our chat here. Um, so, David was wondering if you know or are able to say what percentage of um, kind of your donations go to the athlete, or the charity, or um, or stay within the the five hundred one um, c three organization.
1: Yeah. So our 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 um, you know, collective is set up to where, you know, the donations we receive are either going to the athletes or for operating costs. Um, you know, I'm the sole employee, so there's, there's not a lot of operating costs. Um, you know, but, but we do want to get to a point where we're giving student athletes, you know, apparel to wear at charitable organization events. And and so there'll be some of those costs and, you know, just some typical costs associated with business, but for the most part, you know, all, all of the the donations will will we'll, we'll be going to student athletes um, in this endeavor you know and from a charitable side it's um, it, it's free marketing for them you know and, and so you know that the, the goal being that partnering a student athlete with them will increase awareness and subsequently subsequently increase donations for that charitable organization right
0: yeah, so really, the way the charity is getting paid is not via directly from Hoosiers for good, but the really via the the publicity and the work that the the student athlete is doing on their behalf. So you mentioned already the increase in tweets that uh, and followers, rather that the um, that the, some of them have already gotten. So in, in you know, de facto then, what follows is hopefully, not just followers, but also people that contribute as well, donations.
1: Yeah, C- correct. Yeah, certainly increased awareness, which which hopefully hopefully turns into increased donations. And 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 so there's no cost to our to our charitable partners in this endeavor. Um, really, it's it's truly bringing awareness to to the organization through student athletes and IEL.
0: Yeah,
2: sounds good. And, and Tyler, I think we'll kind of probably ask this question in a few different ways throughout the rest of this segment. You know, there's just there's a perception among a lot of the old school IU fans and kind of old school basketball, college athletic fans, that this is pay for play and it's, you know, and such. So one of the questions I had, having listened to you on the podcast on the break episode, you mentioned that there's oh, there's a contract. Kids have to make so many appearances. They have to do so many tweets. And so, How would they go about, maybe you don't want to say, but I guess the first thing popped in my head Are so are they kind of paid in installments or they get paid at the end of the contract? I just kind of was curious about that. And again, if you can't say, I understand that. But that was one of the first things when I heard you make that comment about kind of a contract basis.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm certainly going to give a more of a longer winded answer to to that. question. Um, Just to to explain to the audience, you know, we're, we're going to require student athletes to do work. You know this. This is not a an endeavor just to put money into the pockets of student athletes. Again, frankly, we would we wouldn't do this if we can't add value to our charitable partners. And so, um, you know, how 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 it'll work is student athletes will enter into an agreement with them, and, and and the process that leads up to that is is quite honestly like an interview, right? Making sure there's a fit, and making sure that they genuinely care and they're going to add value, and then within the the agreement, what I call the deliverables is there's going to be a certain number of appearances. Around five, um, and and the large portion of those appearances will be with the beneficiary charity, and 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 when I say appearances, it, it, it's certainly not showing up, you know, for five minutes waving, smiling, and leaving. Like I said, they're they're gonna work. They're gonna there's gonna be an, a time commitment, and 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 it also can run the gamut of things, whether it be a celebrity judge for an event that a charity is hosting, whether it be. You know, signing autographs for an hour and taking pictures for an hour and then participating, you know, so, so certainly, certainly a time commitment. And then in, in terms of uh, other deliverables, deliverables, there's gonna be between 12 and 14 social media posts, you know, the majority of those will be promoting an upcoming appearance or on the back end, um, you know, posting something that just talks about their experience and, and what they learned and, and and things like that. And so that's the majority of the um you know social media posts but but there also will be a floating four or five you know throughout the term of the agreement that that is really just designed to bring additional awareness to the charitable partner and 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 you have to strike a balance because you certainly don't want the tweets to come off or social media posts to come off disingenuous and and so there's a strategic amount um and and every one of them are are, is going to be genuine um we're going to require them to um, and then every student athlete is, is going to be required to, to indicate in their social media bio that they're Hoosiers for good athlete. And so th- those are for the most part of the deliverables in terms of the compensation arrangements and how, how that's structured is there'll be a certain number after the first deliverable agreement, uh, de- first deliverable is completed. They'll receive a certain number. And then on the back end, they'll receive a certain number at the, the completion of the agreement when they completed all requirements within there.
0: Awesome. So kind of as a follow-up, one of the questions I just thought of, um, Tyler, about on average, and I go, this is just your first class with the 14 student athletes that you have, but on average, how long is the term of the relationship that they're kind of, I guess, contracted now to have with that charity?
1: Yeah, I would say generally, you know, there's certain exceptions. Um, Generally they're, they're year long commitments. Um, And so they will be, Pretty much 365 days from the day they signed, and um, and 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 throughout that, again, knowing and, and speaking to this earlier, student athletes' times, you know, time demands are, are are certainly challenging, and so we're we're definitely not going to tie them to a specific event on a specific date because that's just not fair. Right. Um. But there are expectations that that you will meet the requirements. Um of the agreement by the time that the, the the agreement ends.
2: Yep. So, and I, I kind of jumped to the next one here, Kathy. You, we don't have to, you know, if you want to go back to one, uh, yeah. we're here a little bit, because that kind of goes to what I was wondering about as well. So say a donor, say Jeff Marlowe played tennis at IU, all right? And I care about the IU tennis program.
0: I want to see that, by the way, Jeff.
2: I actually did play some tennis she's not in college. Um, but anyway, so could a donor contribute to say, I want to donate. And I think this is one of the fears that we have, that many people have is, you know, you hear these stories about certain people out there that are donating money to these NIL collectives or, or funding, whether it's, you know, I won't say any names, but I'm sure we all can think of somebody we've seen in the news that owns, Teams and things like that out there. Um, that so could I say? Could I come to you? And go, Tyler. I'll I'll give you guys twenty thousand dollars, but I want it to go to an IU tennis athlete. Is that is it designed for that, or would you kind of be? You know, would that be something you kind of have to go back to your board and be like, is this what we want to do?
1: Yeah. We we certainly thought that through, um, and and where we landed was we we're just not comfortable with somebody coming to us and saying here's X amount of dollars, but we want it to go to X, just the student athlete. We're not comfortable with that. But if they want to donate and say, Hey, we'd really like the tennis team to benefit from this. You know, as long as that's it, we would certainly be okay with that. As long as there, there's the understanding that, you know, we're, we're going to be the ones that's selecting the, the student athletes and their charitable partners. Um, and so we've just drawn the line in the sand that if you're Wanted to go to a specific student athlete, then you know we're probably not the place you want to go to to donate. Okay, yeah, cool. I appreciate that. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was the question I was going to go to anyway, Jeff. So it was great. Um, kind of on the flip side, though, what if they came to you and said, um, not necessarily a specific athlete or even a sport, but a charity? Do you would you entertain that, or you really want to try to um, do the pairing on your own?
1: You're talking about donating to a specific charity, right. or just just yeah. Add- so
0: like- if Kathy came to you and I said, you know, I really want this to go to charity ABC, would you help coordinate that or would you say, well, we'll do our best, but we can't guarantee anything kind of
1: thing? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I, I haven't really thought too much in depth about that. You know, my my, my initial response was if you want, if you want to directly donate to a specific charity, you know, certainly do so. Um, but but we, we would also encourage them to ask or have me reach out to that charity to see if they want to be involved in this process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't ever foresee us getting to the point where we're, we're excluding any charitable organization in the state that wants to be a part of this. Cause you know, frankly, that would be go- going yeah. against what we're trying to do. And so that that's, that would probably be my suggestion is, um, you know, let's, let's, let's get the charitable partner on board you know, with us um, as opposed to Giving giving money to a specific charity because you can do that on your own anyways. Right,
2: absolutely. So Tyler, yeah. are you a fish? I missed it right at the beginning. I was hopping on five hundred one c e. Are you officially designated as a five hundred one c e now? Three. Yep. We, uh, yeah,
1: as as of uh, yeah as of as of Monday, I think the news broke Monday. Um, we, we've been approved for one c three status.
2: Okay, so that that brings me kind of I'll, I'll phrase the question a little differently. Um, listening to you on the podcast on the break, you thought that would take a fairly long time. Yeah. And this yeah. has been pretty
1: quick. I put too much faith in our legal counsel. Uh, <laughs> uh,
2: tough, right? <laughs> I wonder who that is.
1: <laughs> no, um, no, Fred's awesome. Uh, Taft does a great job. You know, quite honestly, you know, the, the standard turnaround time was nine-ish months, and yeah. and so I think everybody was super surprised um, when we got that um, as quickly as we did. But I just think it validates what we're doing. I think it was an easy decision because it's it's, it's truly, there's, there's truly good um, in what we're doing. There's, there's the charitable component that we really care about and that we want to raise awareness for. And so I, I just think it's validation. It was maybe an easy decision for them.
0: Yeah, cool. So, um, okay, so maybe moving to something that was from your past, that probably is really going to be beneficial, and that's just understanding compliance and the rules and those types of things. And so, uh, our understanding is like the state of Indiana specifically has no policies on NIL. Um, are there other states that do have specific rules? And if so, do you have any examples of how maybe those states are different from Indiana and how you might navigate them? And maybe for you, it's not, it doesn't matter because I think you might be concentrating on only Indiana charities, but. Um, just kind of curious, your thoughts on on how the compliance might work for this?
1: Yeah, so um, you, you're correct that Indiana does not have a state law related to name, image, and likeness, and and so Indiana's applicable regulatory authority is the NCA and the NCA's interim NIL policy. Um, you know, but there there are states that do, and and forgive me, I'm gonna I'm not, I'm not gonna remember the exact number, but. Yeah. There's still around 30 to 35 states okay. um, that do have nil wow. laws or, or executive orders. Um, and I think you go, you know, Florida, Kentucky, you know, I think Kentucky may have an executive order. Ohio has like an executive order, um, California, I think New Jersey, you know, so, but, but the, the challenging thing is all those state laws either speak two different things or do not speak on certain things. And so that's where the, the challenge is, you know, particularly from a compliance standpoint is if a state and their state law doesn't speak on institutional involvement, that is assumed okay. Whereas it's not as clear, um, you know, with, with the NCA and if that's okay, there's, there's, there's language that seems to suggest you probably should stay away from it, but doesn't explicitly say no. And so I'm getting in the weeds, but Mm. uh, that's where it becomes challenging and why, why, you know, a national law would, would make sense. Is it, just for from a competitive equity standpoint.
0: Sure. Yeah. And compliance so, equals getting in the weeds, though, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. A, so
0: Jeff, pick out your one last question. I know Tyler's um, want to be respectful. He's willing. Got him for a few more minutes. So.
2: Well, I, I guess Have I, I kind of asked this one as a two-part question, Tyler. Hopefully, you can give me a quick, a shorter answer since we're stuck on time. Um, you worked in compliance. A, I guess, what's the NCAA waiting on? And B, I think there's this, I, what I hear in some of the chats from, on the podcast and, and different things that we do here in the Back Home Network is that somehow there's rule breaking going on. Well, if there are no rules, then nobody's breaking any rules, correct? That's,
1: that's, a, that's a good question. Um, you know, th- there's, certainly, there's certainly an interim policy that that's specifically lays out prohibitions. Um, you know, student athletes can't receive compensation for essentially not doing anything, right? There's gotta be work performed for what they're receiving. You know, it can't be used, NIL compensation can't be used as an inducement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's a variety of others. And so from an NCA perspective, um, and, and I really enjoy the NCA, I work there There's a lot of great people there. Um, the legal environment certainly makes it very challenging for them right now. Um, and the other thing is there's probably a lot of confusion that if a state has a state law and a school is breaking their own state law, who gets involved? Is it the state? Is it the NCA? And, you know, and so there, there's a lot of challenges with this current environment. Um, but, but, you know, hopefully the NCA will will do something um, because it'll, it'll quickly get out of control if it hasn't already.
0: Right. Absolutely. Cool. So Tyler, I know um, you have a hard stop here in just a couple of minutes. So I want to be definitely respectful of your time. So first of all, again, thanks for coming on the show with us today. Uh, it's been a great pleasure having you on and learning more about Hoosiers for Good. I, I, Jeff and I have a, a whole lot more questions as well that we had already written out beforehand. So we're very much interested in in, in the, the project for sure. And so what um, maybe we could do is down the road, as you continue to mature as an organization and start to talk about maybe your second class, maybe we can have you back on the show. See what kind of new questions we can come up with, and maybe have some of these follow up if that's okay.
1: Yeah, certainly. I'd love to. I'd love to hop back on. Um, you know, we're certainly going to have more exciting news as as this um, continues to evolve. And and you know, we've we've been here for a month and a half, and and I think we've got some pretty exciting news so far. Um, and and hopefully that that will continue. Um, here in the, in the near future.
2: And yeah. Tyler, just real quick, I want to give you an opportunity. You probably said it at the beginning, but what's the website for yep. people who want to go and check out the, the, the program?
1: Yeah. So um, check out hoosiersforgood.org. Um, and, and you can read all about the, uh, about us. We'll, we'll be doing some updates to our website um, specifically in the charitable incubator program section as, as we continue to roll that out. Um, but yeah. And then you can also reach out to me. I'm, I'm happy to speak to anybody about what we're doing. Um, tyler.harris at hoosiersforgood.org. Um, feel free to reach out at any point. Again, happy to, to talk to anybody about Hoosiers for Good and, and ways to get involved and, and just generally if you're, if you're interested in learning more.
0: Yeah, Thanks. and they can follow you on Twitter too, right? At HoosiersForGood for Good um, with the number four, not not spelled out. Um, are those probably the between the website, your email and then your Twitter, are those the best place for people to go to learn more or to reach out with questions?
1: Yeah, I, I will say, you know, for, from a, from an update standpoint, you know, we'll, we'll certainly update our social media pages. So Hoosiers for for good um, with the four on Twitter, and then Hoosiers for good F O R I believe on Instagram. And so check those out. Um, we'll certainly be providing updates as as we continue to progress.
0: Okay, one one last question um, for you: In is your website a place where people, if they wanted to just make a donation, is that a place they're able to do that?
1: yes yes so you can make a donation um you know i think there's a there's a donate link in the top right hand corner of our website and, and, it'll, and it'll say we've updated recently with the 501c3 status and so um just to make it clear it's tax tax deductible um and, and if you don't want to donate on the website again you have my email address feel free to reach out to me um if, if there's really pointed questions you want to ask to learn more before you donate certainly do not hesitate to reach out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, in addition, I know um, uh, we already t- asked Tyler lots of questions, but again, for our listeners, if you haven't heard the interview that Tyler did with Alec Bozich over on Podcasts on the Brink, I'd highly encourage you to go and listen to that as well. There's a lot more information as well that Jeff and I didn't cover with Tyler. And of course, again, that website is hoosiers for F-O-R-K. Um, good.org, where you can definitely learn more and make donations as well. But um, Tyler, any last um, parting comments or questions or anything you'd like to impart for our, our audience before we let you go?
1: No, I, I don't think so. I, I, um, you know, really, just just give our website a look. Feel free to reach out. Again, we, we want to be as transparent as possible in, in this endeavor. You know, we're we're, we're really about being broad based. We want to include a lot of student athletes. Um, but, and we're going to do it the Hoosier way. And that's what's important to us. And, and the Hoosier way is following the rules and, and making sure we're encompassing as many student athletes as possible, but, but creating better people in the process. Mm-hmm. And so feel free to reach out to learn more. And, and I'm excited to hop back on uh, here, here in the near future with you guys.
2: Yeah. And Tyler, I just want to say thank you for coming on and, and kudos to you and the entire board and the group that got this pulled together. Uh, I I really think this is a neat way to take advantage of the NIL rules and and to, t- you know, as you've talked about on this episode. So, so just if you can, for us here at the Back Home Network, Kathy, myself, please let the group, the board of directors know how how excited we are about the program and appreciate what you're doing for our Hoosier athletes.
1: Yeah, thank you guys so much. I, I really look forward to hopping on here soon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So thanks again, Tyler. Thanks yep. to everyone listening. Jeff, I 100% echo what you, what you said. The more I, I started reading on your website, and like I said, I mentioned um, the interview you already did with Alex, I was very excited to have you coming on tonight because I think what you guys are doing are just really great. I mean, it's great from the charity perspective, but it's also great because you're teaching student athletes about community service um, and helping them as well. So, I think it's great. So, thank you so much. Um, and thanks to everyone for listening. Um, I'll wrap us up. Jeff and I will be back again with uh, more shows this off season. maybe again with Tyler. Hopefully, we can figure out schedule wise. But until then, everyone, thanks for listening. Keep your elbow in, your eyes on the room, and go Hoosiers.
2: See you, everybody. Thank you, guys.